are listening to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. We are broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus on the unceded ancestral and traditional Muslim territory in Vancouver. I am your host, Sarah Unju, and I have people in the studio with me today. I have Ruby. Hi. Hi. And I have Cecilia. Hey. It's Cecilia's first time in studio, so. Wow. Yay. Yay, Mazel tov. Woo! Thanks for being here. So today we have two reviews and an interview planned for you. So, but before everything, we're going to start off with a quick shout out that Griffin very kindly um, recorded for us. So, um, yeah, let's let's start off with that and then we'll be right back. Are you a post-secondary student curious about working in arts and culture? Talent Match is hosting an arts and culture industry chat on Wednesday, February 23rd from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. This free digital event will focus on work-integrated learning opportunities for post-secondary students, providing refreshing student perspectives on the diverse pathways to career success within the arts and culture sector. You won't want to miss this opportunity to meet with and talk to fellow students who have worked in arts and culture before. The chat is being hosted on Zoom, and you can register right now at the link tinyurl.com slash artsculturindustrychat. That's February 23rd at 3 p.m. at tinyurl.com slash artsculturindustrychat. We're back. Yes. So um, make sure you check out Talent Match. It seems like a great opportunity. And with that shout out, so I'll first of all let you know what's happening today. So we have an interview with Jim Smith that Cecilia did. Afterwards, we have Ruby and Cecilia's review of Seasick. And lastly, we're going to have Lua's review of TM, which we kind of talked about last week. Um, but you'll get to hear... Well, you'll get to hear so much more about it. And um, spoiler alert, she loved it. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, so before we get into our live stuff, let's uh, hear Cecilia's interview first. Enjoy. Hey guys, it's Cecilia. February is Black History Month and the North American premiere of South African Dance Company via Catalans via Canada is streaming from today. Today, I have Jim Smith, Dance House's Artistic and Executive Director, as our guest to take a deeper look into it. Jim, so could you tell us about Via Canana as well as Via Catalan? Sure. So I'll start with Via, um, Via Catalan, which is uh, the name of the dance company that is performing the piece titled Via Canana. And uh, Via Catalhong is a dance company that is from the Catalhong Township, uh, which is east of, um, uh, my gosh, I want to say it's an eastern township. And now I'm, now I'm stuck going, is it east of Johannesburg or is it east of Cape Town? I can go check that detail if you really want to know, but it is a township. Okay. And it is um, a region where Pansula, uh, which is a type of um, movement, uh, has been developed and emerged and um, that um, all that's to say that the company you know uh, forming a dance company right around the time when apartheid was ending and uh, you know a new form of democracy was being introduced into South America a dance company got formed and the style of movement is very rhythmical it's often referred to gum boot um, a lot of stepping it was it originates as a form of uh, using as communication when the, the miners, for example, when the uh, employer was potentially coming around, they would signal using, you know, stomping sounds, you know, beware or a heads up or alert. And as well, it's a gestural language, which is very much informed by, you know, if you're stopping a taxi, you would make a particular gesture. And um, uh, that's baked into where the movement origins of the company come from. And then via Canana, is a piece uh, that emerged out of a commission that the company uh, set out for with a South African choreographer named Gregory Makoma. And Gregory Makoma, who's not from the township, uh, but had discovered contemporary dance um, through his own journey and uh, had uh, 
done some studying in uh, Europe, so had a European uh, framework in terms of structure and forming a piece, uh, was uh, happy to create a piece for this company, recognizing that the vocabulary, the stylistic approach would be very much informed by their Pantsula origins. Uh, but certainly he structured it and, um, you know, uh, made the piece very much around uh, contemporary life or, you know, what does it mean to be alive today, which is what I was sort of hang on to as the notion of contemporary as a definition. Um, so the piece is very much an exploration of the state of uh, apartheid, I, the state of democracy in South America right now, and maybe said another way, uh, via Canana is a reference to the promised land. Uh, there's a biblical reference to Canaan, C-A-N-A-A-N, I believe is the spelling of uh, the biblical reference. Via Canana, as my understanding, is a, um, uh, it's a, a Sueto uh, definition or Sueto terminology referencing the promised land, that same biblical reference. And so the piece uh, takes on an examination of all of the all of what was promised uh, with the ending of apartheid in terms of a new democracy and a new, um, you know, a new uh, level of governance inside of all of South Africa, but how those promises have fallen short at this point in time and explores notions of corruption that have uh, emerged inside of the new governance model or the new government. Um, so it, um, the piece really is an exploration of, you know, all of what was hoped for, all of what is currently problematic in terms of the new democracy. Uh, but I would say it still ends with an element of hope that there is still this uh, striving that corruption can be warded off or um, somehow put to rest. And the promises of, that were once offered can again be returned to and ideally delivered upon. Thanks for the details. And, you know, corruption is a big issue in South Africa. So how do you come up with the idea of putting this into a form of dance? Were there any difficulties that you faced during the process? So I should clarify that, you know, our role at Dance House is really to present the work and uh, the artists, so Gregory Makoma and the company really were the masterminds behind, uh, you know, the creative forces of identifying this as a thematic and a way to approach these um, ideas uh, through dance. And, I, you know, I would insert that dance is one of those strange forms where, you know, it's not always the right um, the, you know, it's not always the right medium to try and take on a particular topic, you know, uh, but every now and again, uh, you know, dance with its, um, you know, it doesn't rely on a language, uh, you know, spoken language and spoken word to the same way. It re relies upon a physical and a gestural language, of course. Um, but I would say that this is one of those situations where, you know, feeling and expectation, which yes, you can put into a bunch of words, but can also be put into a gestural language. And so there's actually a great alignment, I think, of um, the aspirations of uh, the township of Via Cana, uh, Canalhog, in the creation of this piece that get reflected or manifest inside of the piece Via Canada. All right. So basically, Via Canana condemns the corrosive effects of corruption in South Africa. Is there a deeper meaning of a message to be delivered besides this? And what are the key elements that would convey this message to the audience? Uh, so that's, a, you know, those are some great questions. Uh, so thank you for all of them. As for a deeper meaning, I mean, this is where it becomes very much a subjective response, I would say, and the viewer will bring their own uh, interpretation of what they see as a deeper meaning. I'll offer mine, but I want to clarify that, you know, mine is just one of many, many, many numbers of uh, why this piece potentially has a timeliness uh, beyond, I would say, the very specific content of the state of affairs in South Africa. And for me, I would offer that, you know, we live in a global world where democracies are um, you know under examination they are experiencing some pressure some torquing some tension as to you know how effective they can be so for me a deeper or a broader meaning that emerges is that again democracy as it was offered up uh, in south africa 
um, is another example of how is democracy as a form of governance more broadly uh, serving people. And I think it's a very timely piece in that regard that as we look at, you know, even in the context of Canada and we see truckers demonstrating mm -hmm. in Ottawa, you know, are there, you know, I would offer that there are limitations to all forms of governance and democracy is, you know, included inside of that. And um, the, you know, the reflection of what goes on with the corruption inside of South Africa uh, is another lens, another way to view democracy and some of its shortcomings. So that would be my offering. Great. Last but not least, are there any tips or facts that would be helpful for the audience to know before watching the show? Or would people be able to understand without zero knowledge about apartheid? So I would offer that, uh, again, that I, I always like to re-encourage, uh, pardon, pardon me, encourage an audience member to feel like, you know, they're all interpretations and all viewings of the work are completely legitimate. And, you know, you don't need special knowledge to necessarily enjoy or have an interpretation of a work. So that's my, that's my preliminary disclaimer. The other thing I would add that's, uh, you know, good for viewers to know is that uh, when you sign up for uh, viewing, there's actually a 15 minute documentary. Um, and inside of it, there are three interviews that take place. One of them is with the choreographer. Uh, one is with the founder of the company, uh, Via Catalog Dance. And then one is with one of the performers. And I would offer that the, that material uh, provides some great insights and uh, talks a little bit about Pansula, talks about some of the gestural language that appears in the piece and points to where the origins of where it's actually trying to pull from a you know, very pedestrian or very everyday movement that people can identify with. Certainly Gregory Macoma speaks to his intentions, um, which uh, I, I'll say he doesn't give, uh, he doesn't give anything away other than what he set out to do, what his hopes and aspirations were in terms of what he was trying to address and what he was trying to speak to. So all that's to say that if you're looking for a bit of a, you know, if you're looking for that insight or some additional information that's packed into the presentation in this documentary. But again, I would offer that the, um, you know, for a viewer, there is a, a literalness to uh, the Pansula uh, vocabulary. That is, you know, you, you can see these gestures and they are very communicative to, um, you know, just as we all wave hello or we wave goodbye or we shrug our shoulders, some of these codings, these vocabulary, vocabulary codings are very pedestrian and very familiar to all of us. Uh, so we would recognize this. I mean, I'll, I'll take just one example. There's a sequence where they, uh, you know, they, they suggest being on a train and you couldn't between the music, which is giving you some cues and some codes and the physical uh, gesture that they're doing, um, you know, becomes, it reveals itself that very clearly they're suggesting that they're on a train. So mm -hmm. that's one example of what's packed inside of the piece that I think would, um, you know, are great doorways in for an audience to feel like they're, um, you know, they're, they're in tune with sort of, you know, the intention of the piece. All right, that was it. Thank you so much for your time, Jim. It was wonderful meeting you. And the show via Canada streams from today, February 16th to March 6th. You can get your tickets at dancehouse.ca, dancehouse.ca, and the price begins at $15 plus tax. I am so looking forward to the show, so grab your tickets quickly if you're also interested before they get sold out. Hello, we're back. It's always great listening to something from Dance House slash like interviews with Jim because he's so passionate about what he talks about. And also Dance House, they always have like great stuff. So, um, but yeah, so thank you, Cecilia, for that interview. You're welcome. <laughs> and hopefully we'll get to hear your thoughts on the show. I'm not sure... Um, if you're actually planning on reviewing it, but hopefully we'll do. But we'll yeah. see. So to find out if Cecilia reviews it or not, you just have to keep listening to <laughs> us. <laughs> um, Stay okay. tuned. Yeah, exactly. Um, talking about reviews, hey, we have two reviews <gasps> today. Wow. Um, but before we get into those reviews, we're going to go into a really quick Adam PSA break. And then we'll be right back with those said reviews. Yeah. Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives. Want to buy to catch a friend, drink and tell that 
favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater, check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. Discorder, that free magazine from CITR, has been documenting the best in music, arts, and culture since 1983. Let's see what one man of prestige has to say about Discorder. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Dogg, and I fucks with Discorder magazine. How about that? <laughs> Smoke every day. Pick up a copy around Vancouver or fuck with Discorder online at discorder.ca. Okay, we're back. I love that um, Snoop Dogg PSA so much. Also, talking about like CITR and Discorder really quickly, I just want to mention that um, last week was Fun Drive and it has ended and we reached our goal. So thank you to everyone who donated, who shared. We appreciate it so much. And we also, as like our show... If you listened, you might know that we had show prizes and we have um, two prizes that we're going to do. So, Lua, you're finding out right now that you're going to do a portrait for oh. someone. Oh, I know, I know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> cool. Um, it's, it's, it's Sylvie's mom. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, she ordered, yeah I'm, I'm already on it. Don't worry. Oh, my God. <laughs> we stand Sylvie's mom. Oh my god, I love that so much. Very cute. Okay, so, Ruby, Cecilia, you guys want to do your review of Seasick? Yes. Um, so, Cecilia and I went and saw it last Wednesday, and I went in literally knowing nothing about it. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. Cecilia, like, what did you think? Okay, so I just want to briefly um, introduce you about the show. So yes. it's written and performed by Alana Mitchell. It's about climate change and the state of the global ocean that's happening in Canada and all around the world. So my thoughts were, uh, like Ruby, I had no idea what mm-hmm. it was going to be about. Mm-hmm. But first of all, it was really interesting that she was a journalist and not a scientist nor an actor. And um, it was really interesting that how she could talk about climate change Mm -hmm. in a narrative. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, I could really focus on her stories and yeah. Was it like a a one person show or? Yeah, it was a one woman show. And yeah, like Cecilia said, she's a journalist and okay. uh, her father was a biologist. So she already sort of had this like pre uh, disposition to being interested in that stuff. And so she began studying marine biologists um, when she was uh, a young journalist and she ended up meeting like the most world famous, the most world renowned marine biologists and going on their expeditions with them. So she mm-hmm. went to parts of the ocean that like literally no one had ever been to before and wrote about what she experienced. And what what I found so amazing about the show is the people who are going to the show are they're not like science minded. They're like, Mm-mm. you know, theater fans, right? So she was able to break down the climate crisis that's happening in the ocean in Mm -hmm. layman's terms to people who have maybe more like creative brains rather than scientific brains. Not that you can't have both, but um, she it was just her on stage. There was a blackboard behind her and like a jug of water. And she at one point did write on the blackboard, but most of it was just stories starting from her childhood and uh, up until today. Um, and she was really able to explain really complicated science in ways that the audience could connect to. Yeah, even without um, knowledge about like climate change or science, anything science. Um, and what I found the most striking is that um, she said when she mentioned about her father and like about his studies, um, and uh, like what she found out when she was doing the researches about this climate change and all this stuff, that it it was, like, different. Like, the reality was really different from what her father used to study because his her father 
used to study about those mm-hmm. individual species. But then, like, now she knows that everything is connected mm-hmm. and that it's the ocean that matters. And, like, every life, like, literally 90% of the life on Earth is... Um, has to do with um, marine, marine, eco- the marine ecosystem, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that that was really cool. So she, her dad, had spent his whole career studying one, like what was it, like an like an elk or something, like yeah. some kind of right. reindeer moose thing, mm-hmm. and uh, like you know, it's it's mating patterns and it's eating patterns and it's migration patterns, and what was so eye opening for her was to see how everything in the world is connected and it's not just an isolated species. Right. Um, and she also helped the audience to be like, hey, listen, the, the ocean can survive without the land, but the land can't survive without the oh, ocean. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa. So as you can see, like, we learned so much <laughs> from her show. And I think it was because we were able to connect with the story that she was telling us. At one point, someone, like, there was right. a little Q&A at the end and someone asked what do you think is more important, the science or, or the story that you're telling? And she was like, you just can't have one without the other if mm-hmm. you want to get people's attention. You have to have the story. You can't just tell people the science. And I think that she she exemplified that beautifully by being able to make sure that we connected with her as a human and then connected with the work and stuff that she was so passionate about. Yeah, and also uh, something that was personally really tragic to me was that the numbers, like there were statistics that she wrote down on the blackboard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those numbers, um, which aren't really good for the, clim- like, for the climate change, like the amount of carbon and so on, those numbers, um, she have been actually u- changing the numbers because her very first premiere started 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And just to see those numbers just mm-hmm. strike I mean, they spike up, sorry, Mm -hmm. Um, spike up within 10 years. It was uh, really uh, heartbreaking and, you know, it shouldn't be happening, but it's all the results of human human action. So, yeah, she talked about falling into a deep depression Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. um, after realizing what these numbers meant. She talked about a marine biologist who, when she had first stumbled upon this science, uh, as soon as she figured out what it meant, like, vomited. Like, her body oh, physically yeah. couldn't handle the information that she was learning. Oh, yeah. But the thing that was so lighthearted about it was it it ended on this note of, like, we don't have to settle for this as our future. Yeah. Rather than, like, you guys, you did all this, you and your human action. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which which was really nice because, you know, you do start to spiral into, like, angst about about this climate crisis, you know, when, when you're in a show that's going so deep into the problem. Um, but she really did emphasize that it's the governments who we need to, like, that who we need to ask to, to make these changes. It's yeah. not necessarily the individual's actions. Yeah, it- Oh, yeah. So, but even still, um, I was really surprised that there's no evidence solution to this. And yeah. even though the government puts on regulations and scientists work on it, you know. Um, yeah, it's not yeah. very, uh, as Ruby said, like individualistic yeah. stuff yeah. that we do for to help with climate change, even though um, we should be doing our best and... Um, it does help at some point. Mm-hmm. It's all of the the big corporation, the oil companies, the mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, the people that we can't do anything about them unless we like <laughs> all like a very big amount of people go rile up and do something. That's not gonna <laughs> mm-hmm. and like there might be some bad consequences from that. So it's um, yeah, it's very difficult when it comes to climate change to. Um, decide to what to do. True. Yeah. Because it should be a collaborative work. Yeah. Because, like, mm-hmm. you do your best, right? You, for example, you don't use plastic, you use reusable drive things. Drive a Prius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One guy in the audience is like, I drive a Prius, what more could I do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but then you realize that the things that you do 
by yourself isn't going to solve climate change. Mm -hmm. And then you get into this deep hole where you're thinking, is it even worth it that I do anything? Fall into this despair. Yeah, exactly. So I can definitely understand um, when you guys mentioned how um, Alana talked about, like, getting into this um, depressive uh, mindset about climate and climate change yeah yeah and I, I I was so grateful for this show it was it was so different from all the other theater I've ever seen I find mm-hmm. that a lot of theater is like it's very self-referential it's very sort of like y- sometimes you have to uh, like be a into theater to sort of mm-hmm. get what's happening mm-hmm. but this was like for everyone yeah. and it was I, I appreciated the the cross between the science and the story because that is was really helpful to me someone who I want to be educated on this topic but my brain is maybe not necessarily always super (laughs) you know gravitated towards learning about it so I appreciated that it was put in a form that I could digest and like think about yeah it's very important to make stuff like this where it can get really complicated really Mm -hmm. easily um and put into a form where people can access it yeah exactly Mm -hmm. very easily because also like both of you are university students and you do so much reading and learning for your classes anyways sometimes people just don't want to read anymore because for example when i was in university i remember my last year of university um i had to i had to do pre-readings for all of my classes i had five classes and it came to like 300 pages per week and that's just too much for me because yeah. on top of that, you have to attend lectures. Yeah. So I just stopped reading about anything else. Yeah. And I felt like I wasn't learning about anything besides psychology and Italian, which is like a very small mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's very important to make it accessible. And I'm glad to hear that Alana was able to do that. Yes, thank you, Alana. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Just a personal experience, but I actually took a geography class last term. Ooh, and okay. it was about climate change, but uh, her show, which was performed by Alana, mm-hmm. um, it was way much better and way much um, more imp- um, impressive, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like way much easier to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after the show was over, you were like, I learned all that stuff in my geography class. Yeah. In, in like, an hour and a half, I knew everything. Compressed in an hour. Oh, my God. So, the point is, uh, take that class with Professor, what's his name? (laughs) 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 Also, uh, want to mention, um, Seasick was directed by Franco Boni with Ravi... Ravi Jane. Jane. Yeah. Okay, and side note, I took a theater class um, last semester... And we watched this amazing interpretation of Romeo and Juliet that mm-hmm. was created with uh, blind audience members in mind. Mm-hmm. And he directed it. And so when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, look at me knowing like, <laughs> theater directors. But I yeah. also was like, this show is going to be so good because the Romeo and Juliet, he did it for the Stratford Shakespeare Festival. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So if you like theater, look into him. <laughs> it was super great. Go see Seasick. <laughs> also, it's like bouncing off of what you said after like doing the the show for a while and seeing all of these like plays Mm -hmm. and interviewing people you get like you start to recognize names and then you know who's doing what and you're like oh my god yeah Yeah, look (laughs) at me knowing culture (laughs) (laughs) it's so amazing yeah yeah it did feel cool (laughs) (laughs) also i want to I wanted to, something I wanted to say um, after listening to you guys talk about CSEC, um, one woman shows are usually like based around, it's kind of like an autobiography yeah, where a lot of the people, time. yeah, talk about their experiences in life and um, it could be they're bringing up in a different culture or um, about a traumatic experience that they totally. resolve through therapy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it sounds really interesting that this one woman show was focused on it was still had a personal element. Totally. But it was focused on something else. So it's really interesting. Which was really cool, but the personal element was crucial in my yeah. opinion. Right. Because once you connect with her, you connect with this thing that she cares about so much, which is so important and something we should all care about. Yeah, yeah. Also, I feel like 
in one woman or one man like it's not just for women <laughs> in like one person shows in general it's really important to have like a element that connects you to the audience mm -hmm. because otherwise it can get really um uninteresting really quickly totally but yeah totally you guys want to mention if it's still going on it's showing from february 9th to february 19th get your tickets fast uh it i highly 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 recommend seeing it please go see it yeah <laughs> For all of us. It's happening at the yourself. historic center. And you can get your tickets at the 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 culch. The culch. The culch. The culch. The culch. The culch on Venables. <laughs> it's it's um the and then culch is C U L T C H. Also the 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 show that Lou is gonna review is from the culch too. So today's a culch day. It's culch pretty day. cool. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so wait, um, Cecilia, where did you say it was happening? Oh, at the Historic Center. Okay, yeah. cool. Good to know. Well, thank you guys for your review. That was really good. I honestly, now I want to see it. <laughs> Because usually when I like let other people cover stuff, and by let, I mean not like, oh, I'm going to cover everything and then maybe you guys do something. <laughs> so when people take, like, claim things and they cover those, I usually don't look into them more yeah. because I'm like, oh, okay, they got it. It's and cool. And you only fun. have so much time in the day. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> we don't expect you to do everything. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> But then, yeah, and... I feel like this is one that I will actually check out myself, too. Please do. Yeah. Yes. Highly, highly, yeah. highly, highly recommend. Please go see it. Wonderful. So, <laughs> um, yeah, before we get into Lua's review, we're gonna go into another really quick ad and PSA break. Love it. And then we're gonna be right back. So talk to you afterwards. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenim-speaking Musqueam people. Hey, are you interested in radio? Passionate about gender issues? Want to be an active part of your community? Then join the wave and become part of CITR's Gender Empowerment Collective. We meet every Friday at 2 p.m. and we want your voice. We are all about empowering everyone and giving you the chance to speak your mind. No experience necessary. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or email us at genderempowermentcitr.ca. Which is like... Welcome back. <laughs> Hi, Lua. I'm sorry I cut you off. We were talking about the cult <laughs> during Adam And how much we love them. So, yeah, because as I mentioned, uh, Lua's review is from the cult too. But like, do you want to go back to what we were saying and then <laughs> continue yeah. that conversation? <laughs> yeah, I would love to know. I was yeah. asking some questions. <laughs> so we were talking about how the cult is like producing back-to-back -back shows and they're doing so much. And with their new online... Um, on digital playground <laughs> replay uh, yeah, replay. yeah they're gonna have even more mm -hmm. so um yeah we were talking about how ruby is gonna be doing response to alabama mm -hmm. and then lua you were talking about uh little red warrior and his lawyer yeah which what, is coming up in march no may what's that march one about little red warrior and his uh, lawyer. march 3rd to 13th uh so it's a satiric comedy about um, this little red warrior. So this indigenous um, man who happens to be like the la last of his people, okay. I think. I, I might not be explaining super fully because I literally just read this today. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. No, you're, go you're doing yeah, the correctly. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the last member of his, of his people, of the little red warrior First Nation, And there is a construction that is going to be put on his ancestral mm. land. And so he attacks an engineer, gets arrested, thrown in jail, and uh, I guess assigned a court-appointed court -appointed lawyer named mm -hmm. Larry. 
I, Larry. <laughs> I think Larry. You remember that. <laughs> um, and um, and it's about that situation and it's, um, I don't know, putting some of these things in conversation in a satiric comedic way. Oh and I'm all for I comedy. I would love to see that uh, too. Taking on some... Not necessarily darker, but at the end of the day, like darker, heavier, yeah, heavier, heavier yeah. Um, turns and so yeah, I'm excited for that one. That it's amazing, um, and I love the title. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty fun. titling stuff is really hard. Yeah, and that's a great title. That is a pretty good title. <laughs> it's it's from uh, Savage Society in Vancouver, and then the um, in response to Alabama, you mentioned it was about abortion. Yes. That one is... Yeah, I just it's... read it too, but I believe it's about three women's personal experiences yeah. with abortion. Yep. In yeah. an intimate setting. Damn. Um, and that <laughs> one cannot be for review. Uh, they have asked that no one does any reviews of the show because the stories are so personal. Yeah. Okay, so we're just doing interviews? Um, we can I if don't you want know to. if they're okay. wanting, but yes. Yeah, we, well, not like... Yeah, we can ask them if they're okay with being interviewed. Um, and then that's Little Thief Theater in Vancouver. Um, wait, I was going to mention C6. That was... I'm just trying. Wi-Fi. <laughs> the Theater Center from Toronto. Okay, cool. But yeah, so um, the Colch, they're doing wonderfully. And we thank them for doing so much. Yeah, and giving us... it feels like they just like had all this stored up energy from not yeah. doing anything in the pandemic. And then they're just yeah. off to the races. <laughs> yeah. We love the Colch. Wait, say that again? We love the college. We yeah, do. We, we really love the college. And they're also like just doing cutting edge stuff right now. Like yeah. it's not just like, they're not just doing like Tennessee Williams over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so do you want to get into TM Lua? Yeah. Um, so TM, unfortunately, it's over its tour with the coach. But because this is an entirely online show and it's very international, um, there are other theaters that are still performing it. It's like still touring. Uh, so you can actually catch it, but you just buy it through like a different, yeah, like not the Colch, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty crazy for me because I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought about that oh, before. The uh, so uh, TM is a very unique show. It is a show that can really only be done digitally, which is always entertaining and always different. Because you think about theater and you're like, well, you know, how am I going to do theater digitally? And when you think about theater that can only be digital, it's 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 it becomes a very, you know, like mind warping kind of situation. So it is a one on one theater experience. And it was literally so they do ask you to even if you only buy one, like you buy one ticket for one person. Uh, you shouldn't bring anyone else. It's just for you. It's a one-on-one experience. And it's basically you sit across from someone <laughs> on a Zoom or like on a on a video conference. And the premise of TM is TM is a organization. And the show is the interview process to know if you can be part of TM. So stressful. <laughs> <laughs> It already sounds like a cult thing, and I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm currently like it as does, l- and I think they purposely do it that a little bit because, yeah. like, the very beginning of the show, you first you're just put in a room, and because uh, you're just waiting, for, like, kind of like loading, right? Like, not yeah. loading, but like waiting for it. And there's other people there, so you see a few of the other people that are doing the, watching the show at the same time as you, but you're not going to interact with them at all. Yeah. Um, and I was like, and they were like, oh, where are you guys from? And I was like, are you not all from Vancouver? And they're like, no, I'm from Chicago. I'm from like, whatever. Also the people who do TM, they're based in Belgium. Yeah. Yeah. So so not Vancouver at all. Yeah. Also I like to find a link for people to like buy tickets. That's not from the culture because, you know, you mentioned that it ended. I Googled TM Belgium theater. And then the first review that showed up was TM review. Will you be approved to join an international cult? So Basically. Oh my god, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's not just me who's like, no. Oh, and they, they absolutely wish. play on the cult idea yeah. where uh, first you don't actually know what TM is about. You don't know what TM means. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have no idea what's going on, but all of a sudden, like, uh, the first thing about the show is they w- show you, like, this promotional video basically with a bunch of people being like, uh, 
before I met T before <sighs> I was part of TM, my life was a mess. But then it just opened, you know, like these kind are of like, like collared shirts, like that are branded collared shirts. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. The the people that do the the show, yes, but the okay, literally sounds so yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the guy that was actually like performing for me, or like a performing with me, I guess. I don't know. It's like kind of a interviewing a, you. Yeah, interactive. Yeah, theater. interactive yeah. theater situation he was from athens and i was like cool. that's crazy <laughs> like that is and he was in athens like, yeah yeah that is so isn't that cool yeah oh my god the pandemic is really like giving all of these creative people opportunities to reach an insanely wide audience yeah. that's amazing it's pretty cool yeah oh my, oh my god. god i love <laughs> the only thing that came out of the pandemic is being able to consume international art yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so the premise is, again, like you're being interviewed for this organization. Uh, and I want to talk more about some of the process, but I don't want to spoil it because it is a really interesting show. Yeah. And part of it is the novelty of it. We can um, do a little spoiler alert. If you want to check it out, don't listen <laughs> until we come back. <laughs> well, no, no. I can talk some more before, like without revealing any spoilers. Because here's the thing. Uh, it's really interesting because it's, well, first of all, it's personal. So it's very unique to yeah. who you are. But what makes it interesting is that you don't know what you're expecting. You don't know what to expect. And you don't know what's going to happen at any point. Um, the reason I don't want to share any of the questions because I think there is like a lot of the novelty and the interest in um, these questions and this interview process is just how you naturally respond to things. Uh, most of the questions are yes or no questions. And so there isn't a lot to think or like you can't take as much time as you want, right? Like they do say that the show is like between 30 minutes and an hour because it depends on how much time you need to think about your responses. How long did it take you? Uh, I probably was on the shorter side. Oh, I think okay. I was probably or like around like 30, 30 something. Oh, okay. Um, and um, at the end of the day, like the questions reveal a lot more about you than about anything else. Mm -hmm. And I will say for the satisfaction of everyone, like, the end of the show, you do figure out what TM is about. Mm. Uh, and they do, like, tell you, like, this is what we're about. This is what it is. Da -da 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 -da. That's good. Uh, this is what you're being accepted into or not or rejected into. <laughs> <laughs> um, but until you get to the end, you're just kind of confused as to, like, when did I sign up for a therapy appointment? <laughs> like, Wait, what did you say to them? Like, what did you say to them when they're asking you all these, like, interview questions? You respond, like, they'll ask, like, how are you? I'll be like, I'm well. Like, it's literally a person just talking to you in a video oh. conference, but like, it's a set script. Do you get like, personal? I would say so. I would say it's it's like it's personal in the way that like broad questions about life are personal, right? right? Like, um, it's not necessarily like what was the name of your favorite pet when you were three years old, like. <laughs> But it's a type of question, like, this is not something that they ask you at all or it doesn't really relate to the show at all. But it's kind of like the thing of, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Or, like, um, or things like, um, do, like, do you believe, like, in a life after death? Like, that kind of stuff that is, like, is personal. But, they're like, yeah, they're but at the like, same uh, time, they're, yeah. like, very still very general, broad but questions. But they can bring out very personal answers. But can answers. bring out very personal answers, exactly. Oh, my God, I really want to know um, what their end, what their explanation was. And What's here's the end? thing. <laughs> at the end, um, they ask, like, do you want to know your results? And if you answer no, you can, like, not know your results and end your day. <gasps> and be like, no. No. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> now who would do that? I don't know. I would want to know, too. Yeah. But I was like, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, I want to know what results. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> and then they break down your results for you because he's like annotate, like they're annotating throughout the show to like get you back on like where you're accepted, where you're not accepted. Um, what does actually this reveal about you? And it was just like a fascinating experience. Um, and uh, I definitely left it with a lot to think about. Like mm -hmm. it's it's definitely a show that you carry you with you for at least a few days. Wow, um, that's high not, praise. Not necessarily because like. 
it, it's, it, you carry it with you because it makes you think about yourself in a lot of different ways and what it means to exist mm -hmm. in the world around, mm -hmm. like in this world and your interactions with people and what, how do they affect who you are and the worlds of these other people, right? Um, very cool show. Absolutely recommend it. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, check it out. I, I think did some digging. <laughs> also, be careful because if you do fight like TM, like the yeah. organization... Uh, yeah, quote-unquote <laughs> quote unquote organization, uh, does have a website. So don't go on their website because you might find find information yeah. you don't want to find. So oh, I'm right, going to give you, you all the information it. that you need to not get spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the company that puts this, um, as we mentioned, is from Belgium. They're called... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Do we think if I try to um, play Google Translate, it'll play it? It's worth a shot. I think it's going to be funny at the very least. Nope, it did not play it. Um, we can try it on my laptop. But okay, um, so it's, I'll tell you the spelling. It's spelled O-N-T-R-O-E-R-E-N-D. And then the second word is G-O-E-D. So if you go to... Their website, which is <laughs> their name. So I'll spell the website out for you. O-N-T-R-O-E-R-E-N-D-G-O-E-D dot B-E. Uh, and then if you forward slash E-N, their website becomes in English. And under calendar, it shows where like where it's happening um, and like in 2022. So starting February 26th until uh, March 27th, they're in Hong Kong. They're doing oh. the Hong Kong Arts Festival. And it is in English. So you could, if you want to, do it because it's all online. So you you don't need to go to Hong Kong for it. Um. I feel like maybe for listeners who are driving and couldn't write down the what's the show called? Well, it's called TM, but like the show's just called said, TM. Yeah. So, so maybe they could Google I'll like TM Belgium show. See, Zoom, it might on no, Zoom. I'll wait. Like, just I'll just show like you, keywords. I'll say what I googled. I'll also put a link in the description for a podcast so you can um, check it out from there. Um, I googled, <laughs> I googled the name TM Belgium Theater, and then nope, that doesn't go. Oh yeah, so if you Google TM Belgium Theater, one, two, three, four, fifth link is their website. Um, fifth. Yeah, because oh when you go, it shows up reviews first. Oh, got you. Yeah. So any reviews from like major publications? I did not check, but <laughs> well, there's I a was... review from us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's um yeah. So if you're okay with paying in a different currency, you can buy tickets from the Hong Kong Arts Festival. It's happening. February 26th, 27th, March 5th, 6th, 12th, 13th. So until the 20th, March of 27th, you have a long time until you can get it. So if it's like intriguing enough for you that uh, you want to explore it and um, check out the Hong Kong Arts Festival, you can do it definitely. And as I said, it is in English, so it should be fine. And the website for the Hong Kong Arts Festival, when you click from there, um, from the company's website is in English. So it all works out. Amazing. Yeah. And do you want to, like, for the end, like, the last five minutes, talk with spoilers or no? Do you want to no. leave it there? No, yeah. no. no. Especially if Ruby's going to try to watch. <laughs> <laughs> can't spoil it. I can't spoil it. You're like, Ruby, plug your ears. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Dance House, check it out. Seasick, check it out. Definitely. Check T it out. T You've been inside for two years. Go yeah. see some theater. Oh, my God. Also, yes. Uh, you know what's crazy? Um, how they opened more tickets for Rocky Horror. And oh, my God. They already, sold out. They're already sold yeah, out Yeah. It's they're already so crazy. Sold out again. I know. <laughs> like, they're doing, like, a theater so, performance? Or like yeah. So, so Studio 58, which mm -hmm. is Langara oh, College's yeah. um, acting school slash theater school. They They are doing, until the 20th, a live production of the Rocky Horror Show 
and we went to see it. We were <laughs> lucky enough to have tickets. But so Studio 58 ran on 50% capacity because of COVID. And then with the new restrictions, they were able to have more tickets for sale. And then they're sold out again. They uh, were sold out before. They're sold out now. So Wow. That yeah. was good. good for them. I'm glad. Know, good right? for them. Yeah. That's amazing. People are going back to live theater. Hi. I know. <laughs> Let's just... No more variants. No more variants. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, we can't talk enough about Rocky Horror. Last week, we talked so much about it. So if you want to listen to us chat about Rocky Horror, just go to our podcast and episodes on Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, or citr.ca slash arts report. <laughs> Once again, for the listeners who are driving, maybe just look up that last week's episode. <laughs> just go to Spotify. We have all the links there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so guys, any closing remarks? Anything you want to mention before we go? I would just like to say I'm so grateful that I can go see live theater again, that I can yeah. go review stuff and see just really cutting edge work that um writers and actors and directors are doing i'm just really grateful for that me too me too oh my god it's so amazing being able to to see theater (laughs) and hmm? oh um no it's just an amazing opportunity to just get to see the shows all these shows for free and then leave a review yeah review people it's just really cool we're a lucky yeah. bunch. <laughs> we really are. And it's not just dance, but also theater. I know what? No, I said that backwards. I was going to say it's not just theater, but also dance. <laughs> but also like art shows and yes. like weird online cult initiations. <laughs> like, you know? With a personalized experience. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about art shows. Uh, I do want to mention again that the Museum of Anthropology, MOA at UBC, um, throughout Black History Month, they're having free admissions for... Um, for, huh? for Black students? Uh, no, not just students, for, oh. for anyone. Well, it's free for students anyways. <laughs> so you can get free admission mm-hmm. if you are a Black person or a member of an... African descended community. I don't know. I the way that they put it on their website was like the perfect and then I keep trying to remember it but I can't. But anyways, so you can get free admission and it's And it's which cool. which show is this? Not the show, just like Moa in general, the museum oh, admission. Oh, okay, like it's not a specific exhibit that's no. happening. Okay. No. Yeah. Actually, awesome. I should check it out too because Moa is free for UBC students. students right? yeah. yeah, and they it have is. really they have really good stuff. They do. Yeah, yeah. Moa is pretty amazing. Yeah. Also, oh my God! So in the nest, there's the Hatch Gallery, right? Mm-hmm. The Hatch Art Gallery, which is free to enter. One of our members, Olivia, um, has her work showing um, there. It's <gasps> oh my just God! Ended Monday. No. Oh. <laughs> That's about oh, no. <laughs> uh, but, but more is coming. Um, more is coming. I talked to the curator, Maya. She's a sweetheart. Um, and they, there are two more shows coming up. That's good. Okay. That's good. Oh, yeah. I love Except. the hatch. They they just have, like, such great stuff. Last time I was there, they just had, like, a bunch of the artist's hair on display. What? And it was really cool. I have intense mixed feelings about the hatch. And <laughs> I will not. <laughs> Maybe another day. I think the hatch should have an exhibit, which is a 19th century salon inspired style of exhibit where they just fill all the walls with paintings from top to bottom oh because God. it's always so empty in there. Yeah. And I want to have a change of scenery. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true. Um, should pitch it go pitch it (laughs) like hi i have a great idea you have to listen fight for your idea (laughs) (laughs) well with that folks we'll leave you to it this has been the art support on cnr 101.9 fm thank you for listening thanks thank you well we'll be back next week so tune in on wednesday at 5 p.m but until then Enjoy the rest of your day slash week. Slash evening. (laughs) Yeah, slash evening. (laughs) Slash life. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Shine, so they run to the jeweler Thinking they happy cause the ice is much cooler 
on the cool, it's just water. Don't let it fool you. Looks good on the surface, but as soon as you scuba dive, you realize you were staring at Medusa. Stoned alone, stressing about intruders, smoking reefer like it's hookah. Trying to find my inner Buddha, bro. I need to chill. Goosebumps like hills, I got that Caesar feel. Knew you was coming for my back, so you ain't get the kill. Don't have the time to wonder if Jesus is real. Right now, I need willpower. I don't need the will, but I can't help myself because I love to drive. That's why I strive to run this planet while I'm still alive. Could have swore I'd have it all by 25. Wasted so much time thinking that this world was mine. 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 I used to want to be a leader. I used to want to be the king. I thought that I could be God. Now that I can see it clear. Listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. It's like having a clown in your head.